Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. American way, and we built this country called the USA, and we fly our flag because we're proud and free, we're Americans. Red, white, and blue is our way of life, we never back down from a challenge or a fight, nature provides, God gives the rights, we're Americans. Make up America, but it's amazing America. Welcome to our Convention of States podcast, That Provident Article. This podcast series is a weekly discussion concerning the fifth article of the United States Constitution, the amending provision, with a general view on the phrase Convention for Proposing Amendments and specific focus on the Convention of States project. My name is Paul Hodson. I am the co-director here in the great state of Texas. Each week we meet to educate ourselves on Article 5 to promote the Convention of States project and its use of Article 5 to reign in our federal government. For more information regarding the Convention of States project, I invite you to visit www.conventionofstates.com. Later in the show, if opportunity allows, our call-in number is 914-205-5632. Further contact information is available at blogtalkradio.com for that provident article. We want to thank Madison Rising, America's most patriotic rock band, endorsers of the Convention of State project, for the use of all the music here on our episodes of that Provident article. Please visit their website at www.madisonrising.com. And a quick review as we begin our show, Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution is available there in full on blogtalkradio.com on our site. We particularly look at that phrase, Convention for Proposing Amendments, as initiated by the applications of two-thirds of the state's legislatures. And we want to point out the subject matter of our application at the Convention of States. Three points. Impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. And Happy New Year. Happy 2016 to all of you Convention of State supporters out there, to all of you who are curious and are listening in to find out what this is all about. We always begin our episodes with a little bit of news from the Convention of States. As always, you can find the all of the current news at conventionofstates.com backslash news blog. Of course, the big story this week, uh, just several days ago, Marco Rubio, Senator Marco Rubio, presidential candidate, a top-tier candidate, officially announced his endorsement of the Convention of States project. We're going to play a clip here that's also available on our news site and also available on YouTube. One of the things I'm going to do in my first day in office, I will announce that I am a supporter. And as president, I will put the weight of the president at the time, a constitutional convention of the states, so we can pass term limits on members of Congress and the Supreme Court, and so we can pass a balanced budget on the What are the implications of this, Senator Rubio endorsing the Convention of States project? 
We've already had Senator Rand Paul and Governor Kasich endorse an Article 5 convention for a balanced budget amendment. We've heard, obviously, from Bobby Jindal and still current uh, candidate Mike Huckabee, who have endorsed the Convention of States project. What's different about Rubio's announcements? And the difference is Senator Rubio is a top three candidate, a top tier candidate, and this means the Convention of States is going to get some national exposure during a presidential campaign, a, a hotly contested and very closely watched presidential campaign. That is the first thing and the most important thing that's going to happen is the promotion of the Convention of States. We're going to see some questions asked, we expect. It also means that some of the other contenders are perhaps going to have to, to answer some questions and consider whether they want to get on board or whether they want to just sit on the sidelines or whether they want to oppose. Uh, we will see how that plays out. Uh, it's, it's very, very encouraging news for us. This is a great start for us for 2016, because in the next several weeks, we are going to have, again, just as we had this past year, a flood of states file their applications, and this is going to become top of mind, we believe, in the news cycle. And let's head to our presentation now. This is a follow-up to last week's presentation on being involved with a political party, and, and this is the segue into that, the, the grassroots influence in the party, the platform process. First, for a quick review, uh, our goal is to persuade state legislators. Our goal here at the Convention of States, persuade state legislators who are most likely a member of a political party to support our resolution, which is an application for an Article 5 amending convention. The participation in a political party provides benefits to both the constituent and the party. The constituent now has greater access to the legislators and policymakers in their party. As a party member, you have opportunity to participate as a delegate at the various levels of the party convention process, and party policy positions on issues are decided during these conventions. So you have an opportunity to influence these positions on these issues, which is what we're going to discuss right now. We move on to slide two of the presentation, the party convention process. First, uh, this may seem obvious to you, but I do want to state that because so many folks joining our Convention of States uh, project are, are neophytes at the uh, political party process. A party convention is not an Article 5 convention. These are simply meetings of voters and delegates discussing party business. Uh, these conventions are constructed as a, as a bottom-to-top structure, a layered structure, so each tier is required before advancing to the next tier. And we'll get into the details of that here in a moment. So in theory, this gives a voice to the people, the constituents, because at the very lowest level, your local voting precinct, that's where you're going to first get involved, and that's uh, really as close to the people as you're going to be able to get uh, without actually ending up inside their house. So the specific tiers, I'm basing this on, on how we do things in Texas, but I believe most states are very, very similar to this. You begin with a precinct convention, which is your local voting site. And typically when you go to an election, the election judge is going to have posted there the place where that precinct convention is going to be held. The place and the time is going to be posted, and it's going to happen either the same day that evening or it's going to happen sometime in the next several days after the election, the, the primary election. You then move on to your county and regional convention. That's going to be made up, again, of, of all the precincts in that county or uh, perhaps a region 
if it really depends on the state and how they have their uh, their local business uh, structured. And in Texas, we kind of have a mix of both county and or regional. So um, again, check with your party officials at the county level. Your county chairs will be able to help you with that information ahead of time. And then the delegates from the county and regional convention move on to the state convention. Uh, those occur every two years, again. And then the national convention in presidential years, the delegates there from the state conventions move on up to the national convention. On to slide three. Each tier in these conventions is attended by delegates. The next tier's delegation is selected from the current tier. For example, delegates who are attending a state convention, they were also delegates at their county or regional convention. And before that, they were the delegates at their precinct convention, right? Their local local convention. So you've got to be a member of one, a delegate at one, before you can advance to the next one. And selection to the next tier is done through a nomination and voting process. So that can also that can even involve interviews with a committee, which is assigned to aid in selecting delegates. Final selection is going to be voted on by the entire delegation. And the more you're involved with the party, the better your chance of being selected. Again, you go through an interview process. You're going to say, "I block walked for candidate X, you know, local candidate X." I was involved as an election clerk. I've been with the party for X number of years. I'm a precinct chair. I have done this and that. I have volunteered to help with this committee. Uh, any of those things you've done are things you want to bring out at this point in time to say, let me uh, advance to the next level. If you want to advance from the precinct level, that's pretty simple. Uh, but once you get to the county and the, and the regional level, you may have to do some uh Advocate, advocating for yourself to get yourself on to the next level. And we want participation. We're going to get to the reasons why here in a moment. Slide four. Typical convention business. There's credentials. Those are, those are the people who qualify the delegates. You've got to have what are called credentials. The initial qualification, you must have voted in the current primary, and that's, that's pretty much it. And again, I'm going by Texas rules and actually Texas law, but I'm assuming most states are, are very similar to this. You must have voted in the current primary, you know, for that particular party, and you should be invited to be a delegate to that initial uh, convention, a, a precinct or a, a local voting precinct uh, convention. There's a there's rules business, rules that govern the actual process or order of the convention. These are things like who gets to speak on a matter, when, how long. You know, things like uh, which rules are, are we following Robert's Rules of Orders or we, are we following some other type of uh, rules on top of Robert's Rules or whatever we've picked? Are there some specific rules that we are following? The state may have some actual election law which you have to follow. Uh, they discuss things like what are the rebuttal rules and then the response to the rebuttal. This can actually get fairly involved, but these are important for being able to uh, run the convention in an orderly manner. And they even discuss in the rules, what about the enforcement of policy? Is there any censure involved for someone who doesn't follow along party lines? Uh, so anything like that is actually taken care of in the rules. And then the platform, and that's what we're going to discuss for the rest of the segment here. What exactly does the party believer support? That's what's in the platform. Slide five. So the platform process, you know, platform is made up of planks. Well, where do these planks come from, and 
How can we add a plank, change a plank, remove a plank? And do they do any good? What use are they? So let's discuss, first of all, introducing a plank, which is the resolution. It begins at the lowest level convention, at the precinct level. So that's why we're urging you to get involved with your party, get involved at the precinct level. Your resolution must first be moved by you. An example would be like this. Mr. or Miss Chairman, I move that we adopt resolution X and have multiple copies of your resolution ready to distribute to, to all the people who are there at your, your precinct convention. Slide number six, as you're introducing this plank, once that's moved, once you've moved it, the chairman will have to ask for a second. You can't do anything else until the resolution gets a second. So prepare for this beforehand. Find someone else there to second your motion. They may not even have to agree with you. You just want to say, give my, give my resolution a chance to be heard. And you can often find people who don't have any idea whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, have never heard of your resolution or your issue, but they're willing to give it a hearing. Or you may have to, to do some negotiating with someone who wants their, their resolution seconded. You can work out an arrangement such as that. Be ready to explain and defend your resolution. Of course, that's a very logical idea. Bring any supporting documents and endorsements you may have that you can pass out or that you can show if you only have one copy. Then indicate to uh, all the delegates there your readiness to present, discuss, and defend your resolution as a delegate alternate before the resolutions committee and at the next level convention. You're trying to uh, let them know, I'm not only just bringing this here and then I'm just going to lay it on the table and, and leave it alone. I'm going to go ahead and follow this through at the next level. Consider the argument that all issues should be given due consideration by a larger body. If you have opposition to your resolution, you might want to make the argument, you know what, I think this needs to be heard by uh, more than just the handful of people here at our precinct convention. I'd really like you to give consideration to at least let it move on to the next level. Now, this could happen. The last bullet point here on slide six. You might be the only participant at your precinct convention. Well, you can work the entire process by yourself. That That is within the rules of, of the party and within the rules of the election code. Just make sure that you fill out and file on time all the appropriate paperwork. And what's nice about this is the parties have actually worked through and given some great examples, typically on their websites, of, of what the paperwork looks like. Uh, they will walk you through it. It's actually pretty simple to fill out. Um, so I would recommend... As, Certainly, it's a great great thing if, it, if you're the only one there. Uh, that's pretty much a guarantee your resolution should get through. On to the uh, next slide, slide seven, and the resolutions committee. I mentioned that briefly in the last slide. What is that? Uh, it's formed at your next level uh, convention. There's going to be a committee, several committees, and one of them is the resolutions committee. They're going to form ahead of time. Uh, for your county or regional convention, and they are going to be typically meeting multiple times between the precinct convention and the county and regional convention. They want to try and consolidate all these resolutions that have come from these precincts. There's going to be a great deal of overlap. Uh, that's kind of their job is to sift through all this, uh, aggregate what they can, sift through what they've got. Uh, they can decide uh, whether or not to actually approve something and move it on. They may kill something in the resolutions committee. So it would be wise to be involved. One of the things you can do, volunteer with your county party chairman to be a member of this resolutions committee. Say, you know what, I've got the time, I would love to be 
uh, committed and involved, this is a great way, again, to get yourself known, noticed, and to give yourself some more credentials to move on after this convention up to the state convention. You can say, hey, I was a member of the resolutions committee. I need to move along. Well, if you're not participating as a committee member, schedule a time with the committee chairman to come and present and defend your resolution. You need to find out when they meet, where they're meeting, and let them know what you're presenting, and make sure you schedule a time so that they're prepared to hear you. And then you want to pursue actively lobbying and advocating committee members before they begin meeting. You've got a resolution ready. You should have some information ready. So you want to provide some brief, helpful documents or website links. Yeah, and you want to volunteer to them to be that you're available for any questions they might have. Uh, the, the odds are that there are going to be some resolutions presented. They have no experience with these at all, and they're going to want some explanations. Go ahead and, and offer yourself as being available to handle that. Slide number eight. On we go to the actual county and regional convention. Uh, it is uh, certainly hopeful that you are attending as a delegate or an alternate. That really shouldn't be a problem coming through the precinct convention. You want to lobby and advocate with, with the other delegates there. Bring lots of literature. Be available for questions with them. You're going to have opportunity. There's, there's downtime. There's meeting time before the convention begins. Uh, talk to people. Talk to your friends. Talk to friends of friends. Uh, get all this taken care of and uh, try and line up as much support as you can before you even begin the discussion of the platform. Or, or the resolutions as it is at this point. Be prepared to speak before the entire delegation in defense of the resolution. It's, it's probably going to come up as they're working through the resolutions, and you may need to present uh, your defense of that, and there may end up then being uh, quite a bit of debate. And you'll want to participate in that uh, debate and also participate in debate discussions of other resolutions. Don't focus on just your issue. Show that you are a willing participant, you are paying attention, you're concerned with party business, and I don't mean participate in every every debate, but, but the ones in which you, have, you genuinely have interest, go ahead and participate. Throw in your two cents. Once your resolution is passed, you need to begin preparation for the state convention. Your county and region will probably have a representative on the state resolutions committee. And if find out who that person is, work with that representative ahead of time, Ensure that they are well-versed in understanding your resolution that's coming from your, your county or region. They may or may not agree with you on that, but you want them to at least understand uh, what their county that they're representing, their county and their region, is moving forward to the uh, state level. Slide number nine, the state convention, the platform committee. Platform consideration begins before the convention starts. So you need to know when and where the platform committee and subcommittee meets. This is typically going to be two, three days before the, the convention actually starts. It's, it's going to be right at the start of the week, most likely. They're going to start meeting. Subcommittees meet. They, they break their large committee up into, into small groups to meet different uh, topics of resolutions. Know when and where that's going to be and uh, prepare to, to uh, attend those meetings. Prepare a defense of your resolution. You want to bring multiple written copies of your testimony. You may have a situation which you're, you're sitting through a, a subcommittee meeting and you decide to, to create uh, on the fly a, uh, a presentation, a testimony. If you do that, and I, I know from experience this is something I did uh, back in 2014, if you create one of those during the meeting, 
could be on a laptop or even on a, a mobile device, be ready to provide or email a, a soft copy, you know, an electronic copy of your testimony. Uh, very helpful. They, they want something in hand. These committee members want something in hand that they can reference after the fact. So uh, do your due diligence ahead of time and get those prepared. Or if you're doing something off the cuff during, during the committee hearing, uh, go ahead and have some means of being able to provide that to them in a soft copy. Spend some time in the subcommittee meeting. Uh, don't just drop in, give your testimony, and leave. You want to sit there and evaluate these members, how they're responding to certain arguments and issues, and learn from that. Uh, I know when I came in in 2014 to present our resolution, I sat for a little while, and I, I wanted to observe what these members were doing, how they were responding, what was going on, and it was at that time that I decided to uh, go ahead and prepare my, my testimony that I brought. Uh, I just wanted to, to kind of get the lay of the land and, and figure out who these folks were. Uh, we had a very interesting time in our subcommittee hearing, and uh, thankfully we had an advocate there, and uh, it, it was very successful. Uh, it was, and I made a great, uh, a great relationship with somebody who is still actually opposed to our resolution, but uh, we've had uh, some great discussions with this individual. You want to organize with other supporters of your resolution. Prepare a game plan your order of presentation, your distribution of arguments. If you've got uh, five or six points you need to make, you know, distribute those between five or six people. Don't have one person or don't have each of you give all five or six. Uh, that will really wear the committee members out. They want something concise. They want to hear something uh, clearly organized, and then they want you to get out of the way. They may ask you questions. Uh, if, you, if you distill it down to just one point, you're guaranteed it probably their questions are going to be detailed on that point. Be ready to answer any questions they have. Uh, come up with an order, the, the order of which you want to present those arguments with your team. And then finally, the uh, slide 10, the, uh, the state convention, the platform committee. Uh, this is going to be the larger committee, as the committee as a whole. You want to find a member there who's an advocate for your resolution, if you can. You might have found them on on the subcommittee where you presented it. It might be somebody who's in a different subcommittee, a different member. Uh, but if you can find somebody who's an advocate for your resolution, help them out, give them as much information as possible. They will be great for you, not just in the public hearing, but as that committee meets uh, behind closed doors at times. So the process you just went through for the subcommittee, you want to repeat the same thing. You know, Be organized, have multiple presenters, the whole nine yards. And as you prepare for the permanent committee, uh, this will usually meet uh, the same day that the convention officially starts. It's going to be one of the the, the last last. The, it's going to be one of the first thing which occurs uh, after the the first order of business at the convention. You want to be there to to just make sure that uh, nothing goes haywire. Uh, they if they're allowing any testimony at all, which they probably will. There's going to be time limits, so choose very wisely who's speaking, when they're speaking, and what they're speaking to. Uh, you're, you're not going to get a lot of time at this point. The, the convention has started, and, and they want to get things rolling. And then the state convention, the, the platform discussion and vote, and this is going to vary from state to state. And, and Texas, we are considering some, some different things this coming year. We've heard, and, and we don't know how that's going to work yet, but uh, just be aware the entire delegation is going to be present, and that can be thousands of delegates uh, present to uh, hear discussion and to then vote. Uh, you want to be organized. Obviously, you want to be organized at this point. 
there are probably going to be multiple microphones around the arena, wherever you're meeting, around the convention center for delegate arguments, defense, questions, etc. People who are going to want to amend, people who are going to want to strike something down, uh, people who have questions, uh, be organized. You're going to probably want to have people standing at each microphone ready to step forward and either defend or to argue for uh, your resolution. Be concise. Be ready to speak ahead of time. Get right to your point and then be done. Uh, there are going to be a lot of people in line for a lot of different issues. Uh, you really don't want to get people upset by just droning on and on about something. You, you certainly want to uh, get your point across, but you also don't want to defeat your purpose by these somebody who would probably vote for you, but they, you frustrated them so much by uh, keeping other issues from being presented that uh, they get pretty upset and they're going to go ahead and vote against you just on that basis. And work with as many delegates as you can during the convention. Again, literature distribution is very valuable at this point. Work with the, uh, for the convention states, work with your, your, not just your district captains, but at this point your state leadership should be helping you with these type of things. And then finally, in uh, slide 11, we want to discuss, so what good is it? We've, uh, we've been successful. We've got a plank. And in, in Texas, this occurred. We, we got a plank. They told us you couldn't do it on your first try. Uh, we didn't know any better. And uh, we actually uh, took, everything by, took everyone by surprise. They didn't know we were coming. They didn't know we had so much support. Uh, we got our plank in for a positive for an Article 5 uh, convention, support of that. So what what does that mean? The uh, the legislators are not bound to the to the party position to the platform plank. However, there are some folks who are bound to it, and in Texas, that's our executive committee, and they meet quarterly. You know, all the all the official policy is set at the convention, but the executive committee does have to make decisions uh, during the the several years between conventions, and they can make policy and but they have to hold to the platform. And December after uh, two, December of 2014, there was a challenge to the uh, Article 5 plank in the platform. There was a, uh, an argument by opponents of Article 5 convention of the states that uh, it was contradictory to another plank. Uh, but the executive committee had to state it's in the platform. You can't change the platform uh, during, you know, without having another convention, another party convention. And so that was a weapon which was used in which the plank stayed in the platform. And the, and the plank is helpful, at least when you're discussing with your legislators, look, this is part of what the party believes with the entire convention voted on this, agreed to it. Um, you can hold their feet to the fire, your, the members of your party, if you've got a plank there. So it is helpful. It is a helpful tool. It is a terrific exercise just to get in front of someone defending your resolution uh, it's going to be something that's going to help you as you go forward into committee hearings during the legislative session. So highly encourage you to, again, from last week's uh, segment, from last week's podcast, get involved with the party and really with an eye to helping to influence the party within the platform, actual planks. And, and this applies not just obviously to the Convention of States, any other issues that, that you are interested in in promoting with your political party it all works the same way. So, so these are lessons you can learn and apply to any issue in which you want to get across. 
Okay, we have just a little bit of time for phone calls this morning. 914-205-5632 is our call-in line. I'm going to open it up to phone calls. Again, 914-205-5632. Okay, we're uh, live waiting for phone calls. Uh, let me vamp real quick and give you a, uh, a preview of what's coming up the following at least three weeks, possibly four. I've got uh, some interviews stacked up, which I am currently editing going to be pretty exciting, uh, I think, and interesting, probably far more interesting than just listening to me. We will have the chief of staff for Senator Texas Senator Brian Birdwell on, Ben Stratman. He will be explaining and describing what goes on in, the, uh, in, the, in a Texas senator's office and specifically uh, how Senator Birdwell came to support the Convention of States. Uh, we will be speaking with uh, the legislative liaison for the Convention of States here in Texas, Martin Harry. He will give us some insight as to just what that position entails, what type of help he needs from the supporters around the state. That that applies to any legislative liaison in any of our in any of our states with the Convention of States project. And then the uh, third interview I have lined up and have already recorded. Very excited about. This is one of our super volunteers out in Florida, Stuart Collins. We'll be speaking with him. Um, I, I really encourage you to listen to each of these three or four podcasts, depending on how the edits go. We're going to end with uh, Madison Rising again and America the Beautiful. We'll see you next week. And that will do it for another episode of That Provident Article. We want to, again, give a thank you to Madison Rising. Go visit their website at www.madisonrising.com. I especially want to again send you to www.conventionofstates.com. If you haven't volunteered, if you haven't signed a petition, become a supporter, please go out there and do so. Get involved with your state legislatures. Get involved with your state team in whatever state you're in. And again, a big thank you to the Texas Convention of States team. Thank you to all the listeners here. We appreciate it. And we'll listen to Madison Rising and America the Beautiful. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.